Hey everyone, Mark here. Just want to give you a heads up here at the top of the show uh, that my audio here throughout this episode may sound a little bit distant and a little bit echoey, and that's because my kids earlier today were playing around on our computer and have set my input to no longer be my quality microphone. So I apologize for that. Next episode, we'll be sure to get it back in line and I will be sounding just as crisp as Chris does this episode. But uh, as you can tell, I'm even fighting a cold. Chris has been over it, but he's even fighting one a little bit. So uh, overall, the audio of this is kind of a mess. But hey, this episode is not. It's a great episode. So enjoy it. And thank you, here as always, for tuning in to the Tardy Tardis. Tardy Tardis is back. Thank you, everybody, as always, here for joining us for yet another episode, episode seven. And joining me mm. here, as always, I'm your co-host, Mark Turcott. And joining me, as always, my kindergarten classmate, Mr. Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, dude? Good evening, mate. How's it going? Good, man. Mike? So, I, uh, we're, we're film. I wanted to show you, uh, we're filming this, filming this, recording this, <laughs> um, shortly after the holiday season, right? Yep. So, I got... I, sh- I told you I got one TARDIS. I actually yes. got two TARDIS. And, th- and this, is it TARDIS or is it TARDI? I was just going to ask that exact question. Is it TARDI? I don't know. Hmm. I have no I idea. Know. Question for the masses. Yeah. So, um, because like my family knows I'm doing this show, like that's the love they have for me, <laughs> is two separate family members got me a uh, pop vinyl, popkin. TARDIS. My nephew got me a Dalek. Nice. And he also got me this Dalek uh, Christmas tree ornament. Oh, okay? nice. So Sweet. if you remember uh, in the last it's episode, blue. it's a blue one. The Daleks episode, I asked, are they different colors? And this kind of like gave me my answer. So my nephew is the son of my uh, Doctor Who family geeks. His parents are the two that I talk about all the time and who I – who are my go-to on Doctor Who. So when I open this, I'm like, oh, so this does mean that Daleks are different. And my sister-in-law goes – this was her response. She goes, yeah, they are, but not really. And I'm like, all right, I have no freaking clue what's going on in this, uh, this Aren't world. they like one mind? Isn't that kind of where we ended off last time? Like he was the last of all of them, but they were all kind of just one – I don't know. Something. I don't know, man. But yeah. I'm like, I'm so excited to get whenever the Daleks come back, yeah. just to know more about them. I can't, I can't wait for that. And yeah. what sucks is like, I always have a newsreader on my phone and I have, and I follow, you know, like nerdy stuff. And, uh, I really, I skip over the doctor who, really? if I see, if I see it's a, uh, a, a headline, something doctor who I just, I, I skip past that article really quick. Wow. Every once in a while I catch a picture and I saw a picture of like, 15 Daleks and like all different <laughs> colors. Like, I don't know what I don't want to know actually, what that means. I was flipping through the channels and the new season was on, and I was like, Yeah, let me just put on and see what's going on. They were on some lava planet, there was like four or five different races of creatures there, and they were all just talking, and it seemed like a very dramatic moment. 
And I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I can't wait. We'll get to there. Get to that point. <laughs> we'll get oh, there. It's going to be so good. But what's up, everybody? Thank you here for joining us. Like we said, episode seven of the Tardy Tardis. We're glad to be back. I mean, it's been a few weeks, holidays. We had some sickness, as you can hear. Mm. I've been infected by the uh, time traveling flu from uh, 200,000 years in the future. Uh, <laughs> but we're here. We're ready to go. This episode, we are breaking down the long game. This mm-hmm. is uh, a very interesting episode, especially, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the show, or we can even talk about it here in our initial impressions, but very timely, I think. When you get to the end, there's like one whole monologue that uh, Simon Pegg, the editor, does in this episode, and it, it is very current to the current political sphere today in the United States of America, which to me was kind of bonkers to hear him. It's a little creepy. It's a little creepy that it's, it's, it's a time-traveling show, but... Um, it was released in 2005, but it's still relevant to what we're dealing with Amazing. in the here and now. 2005. Right. right. So, uh, so, real quick housekeeping here before we get going, guys. Don't forget, if you want to have your voice heard here on the show, email us, thetardytardispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, tardytardispodcast, or on Twitter at tardistardy. And if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review over on iTunes. We ha- we've had some reviews, Chris. Yeah. Over on there. You know what? Actually, let's do this. Let's read. And we didn't pay them either. Like, they are legit. I have no idea who these people are, and I appreciate that. I want to read those reviews because that's, you know, that's one of the little tactics that podcasters use to get people to give more reviews is leave us a review. We'll read it on the air. So, I won't. Okay. Yeah. So, if you want to have it read, here we go. So, this one comes to us from Skeptical Squid. And he says, I'm really enjoying the show so far. These guys are in for a great ride. And I'm having a good time going along for the ride. So Skeptical Squid, thank you for that mm-hmm. uh, review over there on iTunes. Uh, gave us five stars. Here's another one. This is from Bud Knight. He says uh, five stars. He says, of two guys who have never seen Doctor Who discuss each episode. Nice spin on a Doctor Who podcast. Outstanding. In yes. question marks, he says. so. Should be fantastic. Yeah, but fantastic. I'll take outstanding. <laughs> Take so thank you for those reviews, guys. And again, if you listen to us on iTunes, leave us a review there. Or you know we're available on pretty much every podcast service out there. You can find all the links in the show notes. So, Chris, let's yeah. jump in here. The long yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. General impressions. This is kind of how we're starting the show off now. Uh, where, are you, where are you sitting? Is this now? They were going the best episode ever, everyone. Are you there now? Is this the best episode again? You want to know why it is? Oh, come on. Is it really? Simon Pegg, man. Oh, yeah. Anything Simon Pegg does, I I am uh, I'm there. And if he wasn't in it, I'd have a different feel. But he's there, so best episode ever. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good <laughs> in it for sure. You know, for he me, I, I don't know if it is the the best so far, but I I really like the super sci fi. So this is like the the one of the end of the world. You know, episode what was that episode two. So it's kind of a throwback to that. I say throwback. It's five episodes later. Exactly. It's like a throwback to that. And I think for me personally, I like going to the far future in Doctor Who. Like, I just love it. So seeing Earth 200,000 years in the future and just seeing what's become of everybody in the space installation of, of Satellite 5, to me, was super interesting. I thought it was right. kind of cool. And, and just I agree. I, I think I like going to the future more, but I don't want to neglect the past. So I'm glad they've done some Mm-hmm. Um, episodes, but I th- I just get the feeling that you know this is if if you're doing time travel, I would have to believe you're going to the future more than you're going to the past. True, yeah. kind of just like what the the sci-fi world is about. But um, 
yeah, I agree. I like I like seeing what's ahead of us. Yeah, <laughs> in this crazy world of ours. But like, I'll, I'll say, man, like I said, though, like this episode, I think out of any episode we've seen yet. I mean, we've talked about how the show can get deep, especially just mm-hmm. emotionally between the characters. But the idea of just how timely, like, yeah, just politically, and I mean, I'll kind of say here. Essentially, for me, I watched this episode, and when you find out at the end that the editor. And um, Max, as he calls it, we'll, we'll get into his whole name later on. But they're basically <laughs> broadcasting fake news out to the masses. And Simon Pegg, just, he gives this whole speech about how if you just say it enough, people are going to believe it. And if you it's just amazing. show them you know, what you want them to see, they're going to follow along like sheep. And like all I can think about is now, where have we seen that Fox News, man? Like this is where the, we have a we have somebody sitting in the office right now who that's his mentality. Just just say it enough, and it's going to become fact. And like right. that is kind of what this episode is about. It's crazy, and I don't want to get political on the show at all. But I mean, that's kind of a fact. Like that's how people. It's it's not a, a secret that Donald Trump lies a lot, and that's kind of what is shown here is just right. tons and tons of lies and they've been able for we find out what 90 years or 91 years been able to control humans on satellite five and god knows where else across the galaxy it's crazy exactly exactly and and like he does if you you know that you have a built-in audience that no matter what you say or do will go along with it and mm-hmm. that's what they're spinning in this in this episode yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it was amazing it was amazing that like it's almost like they knew where we were headed 13 or four now 14 <laughs> years later when they aired this thing that we would be doing this show us yeah exactly you know, they, they made this, this show for us because, show. right yep. um it's crazy and i will say um i think to this point this was the best ending oh of yeah an episode oh too. yeah by far because yeah just just of yep. kind of funny and mm-hmm. you knew like i caught it the very last second i'm like oh yeah she's going for she's yeah. going for the snap <laughs> yeah yeah but we'll get to that too. but uh, all right well let's get on here so the, the episode kicks off with them arriving on satellite five and uh rose i love the part here because rose gets out and she's the one that kind of breaks down where they are usually they get out and she's always asking the doctor where are we like what she gets out and she and uh i think he says that's two hundred thousand. And then she says it's a spaceship, and she's kind of looking around and starts kind of saying kind of where they are, you know? And uh, Yeah, well, I, doesn't he kind of, like, tip her off? Like, he's almost, like, wanting her to impress Impress Adam. Adam. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I just so, thought that was kind of cool, you know, kind of having her kind of But all he does is say to her, like, she, she kind of, like, you know, gets uh, verification. She's like, so you're, like, around 200,000? He goes, yep. And then she pretty much runs with the rest of it. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, yeah. she, she goes, it's on a space station and then she's looking around and it's like, it's warm and all this. Other. So he kind of like almost like wants to see what she can do. And all he does is give her the, the, uh, the year and she kind of she fills in the blanks it. almost. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I didn't okay. pick up on it the first time I watched this. She says it's hot in here. Right. That's foreshadowing. And you don't, like, exactly. You I don't think no anything clue. of that at the time. Nope. Right. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, but let's see, then they uh, fast forward, we see Earth, and it's covered with megacities. What was the population? Awesome. It was like... 96 billion. 96 billion. Crazy. Um, and it's kind of cool. It looks like the Death Star to me. It was kind of like they're overlooking. Yeah, like, man. Very Death Star-ish kind of going yeah. on down there. Or that other cool. that other uh, city planet in Star Wars. What's the... Uh, Coruscant. The um, council is, yeah. Coruscant. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
So, uh, but yeah, so we are in space. We are on uh, Satellite 5. And then we get a nice little shot kind of going down into, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Kind of the, I don't want to say the, the, the city area, I guess. Everybody's kind of eating there. There's like food trucks going on, eating some Kronk burgers, <laughs> Kronk burgers with cheese, Kronk burgers Pachados. with Pachados, yep. uh, which is kind of funny. I think kind of cool down there. Um, but then we're, when are we introduced to, uh, well, go ahead. Did, yeah, but did you see the reference to the past episode right around this time? I think no. it's after the, the, the Kronk burger, burger truck opens up and where is it? And, and there's like something on the wall and it's got the face of Bo. Oh yes. I, I can't believe I just, I just skipped over this. The face, which by the way, it says the bad wolf television station. Right there, yeah. Says that the face of has announced that the face of Bo is pregnant. It's pregnant. <laughs> what in the world with the face of Bo, man? So, so how does the face <laughs> of Bo give birth? Like out of his uh, mouth? Like how does it get face? pregnant, Chris? Like <laughs> you know, what it reminds me of like remember the old South Park episode where like who, who is it? Is it Cartman that decides to like eat through his ass and like crap yeah. out his mouth? Is that yeah. the face of Bo? Like it's I don't know. Like, what? Comes up his nose. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, man. Oh, that was great. But I loved seeing that that reference. And yeah. this is 200,000 years in the future. And episode two was 6.3 Apple Zeta Delta 4 or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> so Bo's old. Bo looks pretty good for his age. I he does. Yep. Yeah. When does menopause kick in for Bo? <laughs> <laughs> Boa pause. But then, all right, so then we got our buddy Adam here. He's ready to eat something. He's hungry and he's got no credits. So the doctor goes and gives him, what, like a credit stick. And we, we basically see the doctor like use the, the sonic screwdriver on an ATM machine. And we find out later that actually he gives him unlimited credits. Right. Right. Because when, when Adam does his, his shady biz there, he gets uh, kind of unlimited credits on there. Right. Um, but uh, let's see. So then they go off to get their stuff, and uh, the doctor sends them away. But you can tell here, I love Chris again, Christopher Eccleston, dude. I love this guy. Greatest like, doctor ever. Yeah, he kind of just gives a big smile, like you go on, you crazy mates, and then just kind of looks around, like wait a minute, something is not right here. And then yeah. that's when we're first introduced to Kathika uh, and Suki. Yeah. When I think of Suki, I always think of uh, True Blood on on HBO because her name was Suki. Oh, I never watched it. So you watch it. That's what he called her, Suki. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Dr. Ask, where are we? We're at satellite five and, um, they can tell that he's not really from here and that, uh, kind of asking, asking him who he is and, uh, well, they think he's not from there and then they kind of like the way he's asking questions, they're like, oh, they oh you're with, yes, you're with management or something mm -hmm. and you're, and he's like, yep, I'm, I'm from management and <laughs> he keeps asking questions. So, uh, then they kind of inform him about everything that goes on. In, in this kind of world and then even telling him about floor yeah, well, they're on floor what 139 i believe it is it's uh floor There's 500 Bo. is the top baby bohemia for face of bow um anyway they yeah they start talking about the news and that they are journalists mm -hmm. and floor 500 is where that's where you uh hope to go one day as a promotion and all this other stuff and he he kind of just is like well kind of tell me how, how does this all work? And if you want to take it from there, they just kind of. Yep. So they're telling them off. That that's where the face of both thing is. So yeah, they keep saying we're all journalists. Right. 
And uh, they got 600 channels all coming out of Satellite 5 that are broadcasting everywhere. Now, this is where we get our first shot of Simon Pegg because right. then he pops up. And uh, I remember in last week's episode where we, we saw – or the – the what coming up on from last week's episode you see kind of the frozen like skeleton and that we don't see that here but we see that setting in the space right. and uh you know when i, when I like first the, watched the, it, I'm like, why is everything like frozen in this place you know he's like the snow miser remember <laughs> <laughs> santa claus is coming to town he is <laughs> yeah. he totally is <laughs> yep but, uh, uh, but let's see. Then we got Adam and Rose kind of on their. I mean, is this like their first date? Would you say them kind of? Well, it, we kind of like skipped over it in the very beginning when they're they're overlooking Earth, and Adam passes out, and uh, Doctor Who says, oh, right. "That's your boyfriend," and she's like, "Not, not anymore. anymore." And I'm like, "Dude, Rose is just what is up, man? She just." <laughs> She's moving from guy to guy. Bites her tongue and moves on, dude. Like, that's what she does, man. That's Crazy, Rose. But, but, yeah, they are kind of having, I guess, a, some sort of a Kind of a moment. Date, but then she, yeah. she, she can tell that he's homesick. So she gives right. him the phone that can call back. The phone. Yeah. I don't know. While drinking a beef slush puppy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. But uh, he goes ahead, tries to call home, and it works. And he's able right. to uh, basically leave a message on the answer machine, which we're going to see happen a few times here throughout this episode of him leaving messages. Um, yeah. And his dog. I was waiting for some kind of payoff with the dog. Like, it cuts back to the yeah. house, and you see that I just thought for some reason, like, the dog was going to pull the answer machine off or, you know, show the dog, like, dragging its ass on the carpet. Like, give me, give me some, <laughs> some sort of payoff here, Doctor Who. Right, right. But it didn't. Uh, but he calls and says, hey, I'm fine. I'll be home later. And then uh, <laughs> this is when the doctor calls him Mutt and Jeff. I had to look that up. I've heard Does people he really? say that. Do you know what Mutt and Jeff is? It's like an old like comic book from like 1910. And it was like just these two goofy characters. But whenever somebody says that, it's almost like not necessarily an insult to you. But it's like, come on, <laughs> Mutt and Jeff. And he calls right. them that like, come on, let's go. <laughs> right, and, Mutt and um, Jeff. So they All go right. and Kathika and Suki are going to show them. Uh, what's going on or what they do basically and bring them to right. the, uh, the is it the newsroom i don't even know what they call the room where they're gonna go i guess you could call it that yeah. the newsroom we'll call it but yeah. uh then we see simon peck again he realizes something's not uh something's um, a muck right. yeah so, something's going on here so then we get our first shot of uh this room and and kathika is saying it's a management inspection and the doctor says yeah do it right from scratch so they all try <laughs> to do it perfectly you know in sync like they're supposed to Right. And, Which, uh, by the way, just just going back to the Simon Pegg part, like he kind of he's telling like his <clears throat> his people in front of him that are just zombies, mm -hmm. frozen zombies, like doing frozen his zombies. work. And he's like, something's not right. You are led to believe that something that is not right is Rose, Adam and the doctor. Right. That's what we think but at this point. That that's that's just the natural thought that you have at this yep. point in time. But we'll get to. But we find out later it's not really them because they're not right. documented what's on there. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but then they get all set up and uh, everybody's nice and calm. And then this is when we see them put their hands on these little things. I don't know mm -hmm. really what to call them. Um, yeah, they're like I, globes or something, I guess, yeah. like half globes. And uh, she's sitting in the middle of it. Uh, what's her name? So, uh, Kathika. 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 Kathika's sitting in a chair in the middle of it. There's like six or seven people around her. And she sits in almost like a, a dentist chair and they all put their hands on these uh, 
orbs or whatever they are, yeah. and then Kathika goes all Thanos. Forehead, yeah. boom, it snaps, and then her her head opens up, <laughs> and just this stream of light just continuously like pumps into her forehead, and kind of uh, the doctor somehow instantly knows what that all means, which was kind of yeah, interesting. Like the brain's the processor, you know. And they're asking like, what are all these people doing around the edges? And um, they're basically connected to her transmitting the 600 channels. Um, just just weird, man. Like, that's one of like the her, weirdest things. I mean, do you think, how would you feel if you had that in your forehead? Like, would you be able to, would you want that if you had the ability to suck in things like that? Well, and maybe we'll get into a little bit more when, when Adam goes down that road. But I don't know because, like, she, when she, well, we can talk about it. If you want to talk about that yeah. at that point in time, I'll, I'll bring it up. When, we'll when Adam, I mean, dude, then, right. let's, let's just talk because, about it Because Adam, Adam kind of goes off on his own and lets Rose go with the doctor. And, and he – but he has ulterior motives because he has the phone still. Right. And um, he wants to basically leave messages at home to whenever he goes back to benefit himself. Yep. To kind of maybe get a leg up in the technology world. And um, – so one of the things he does, it, it, like the computer breaks down and tells him he's got to go to floor 16. He goes down to floor 16. And what floor 16 is is where they embed these chips, these things that open up in your forehead. Yep. And the the doctor or nurse, whoever it is that's doing the procedure, kind of gives him two options. And the first option is the minor option of you can get into some computers or something like that. Yeah, I think it's, it's and, actually what I think Sookie and them have because I think the doctor says like, They've all got tiny little chips in their head. And then I think right. he says, you know, that's what they have around the outside, connecting them to her, and then they transmit the 600 channels to her. To basically. her. Right. Yeah. Um, or he can get the, I think it was 100,000 credit procedure, which mm -hmm. is the, the, the Grand Poobah, which you get it, you get it all. And that's what he goes for. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't, I think in the beginning that seems pretty cool, but to live with that for the rest of your life, yeah. I don't think so. I'll tell you this. The, 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 for those that don't know, I'm a pharmacist. So mm -hmm. the, the medical side of me looks at that and says, man, that could get infected. Like, I would <laughs> not want to have my forehead open, man. I don't want anybody doing that. Like, you get bacteria in there, man. Just a triple antibiotic. Take yeah. it. Ah, be, be no. <laughs> like, that to me was just like, whoa, like, that's not safe. That's not, but I mean, it seals up pretty good, so I guess you wouldn't get bacteria in there. But the minute that thing opens, man, you better be in like She a, said it leaves no scars. Yeah, you better be, yeah hood yeah. or something like fumigated hood right i don't know i, I don't like it but. don't do it in uh san francisco with all that smog lying around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but hey i don't man, know man. it's cool i think in here you know when you first see it it's like whoa totally yeah. threw me off i think when, when it happened uh but then we get to see um uh uh simon Pegg here he's saying all right let's look and see if uh you know what's happening um, in this area, is there anybody that is, shouldn't be there? And then that's when we find out that it's Sookie, that she's the one that shouldn't be there. Right. They, right. they find out she's the one and they actually kind and of even shock at, it. Even at this point, do you feel like that's wrong? Don't you feel like they got it wrong? Or do you get, do you have like the feeling that, okay, maybe she really shouldn't be there? Cause I, I was getting, I was getting the impression that like, we still don't know a lot about the doctor. Let's get real. True. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, I was thinking like, because they, they pinned her as being like she's like the the liar or whatever she's she shouldn't be there i kind of had a feeling like the doctor had something to do with that indirectly yeah like he, he he didn't know that they were being watched 
but there was just something about him that caused her to be pinned as like the intruder. Hmm. At this point, I still didn't think that she had anything wrong, was doing anything wrong, because she's a very, she presents as very like innocent type of character. Yeah. Trying but, to think who she rem- who does she remind you of? I'm thinking the same thing, man, and I can't I can't. Is she like it. who's the girl? Uh, she has she has the show on Netflix, but she was on The Office. She was a receptionist in The Office. Oh Pam? Oh no, after Pam. No, but she well yeah after Pam the real ditzy girl and she's on she had a show on Netflix. She's just like real goofy. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. Oh, what is her name on her show? What the heck is it? I know someone out there knows. Um. Oh, crap. Mindy, no, not Mindy. No, no, no. no. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to come up with it. We're gonna, we're, let's just All keep right. moving on here. So um, okay. we find out that some, you know, that she is not the right one. And then that's when we get our first kind of taste of the fact that the editor is not the one in control. That there's something dictating the editor. There's something growling right. above him, basically. We have no idea yes. what it's saying, but he's talking to it and he can understand it. So I think at this point, that's when we know there's really not something... <laughs> rights going on in this area exactly right. um and then they say hey get her he says get her up here and someone gets a promotion and you would think i actually thought it was going to be kathika because right. even though you know suki seemed to be kind of the one they're going after but no it is actually suki that is getting it and uh kathika's pissed i mean people in this world want to get to that floor 500 which exactly why would you like we find out later that if you get promoted to floor 500 you're gone like you never come back why would you want to go to floor five hundred? But they don't. Oh, you mean just the fact that they don't come back? Yeah, like if you know, okay. like they don't know what happens up there. But like, well, you I never get like to a, see friends again or anything like that. Like, what's up with that? Uh, I don't know. I think they, they might think it's like a uh, it's that Matt Damon movie where you go to the uh, like Elysium type of thing. Like you go, you're going up to this floor where you know you have no more worries and and yeah. everything is taken care of. Like I don't know if you ever saw that movie Cloud Atlas. I, I never did. No. Oh my god, man! Like you have to watch that movie. Okay. It's so freaking good. It's something like that. I don't want to spoil anything. There's a, a part of that movie where this is almost exactly like that. Like people think like they leave like this one life for a better life. The fact that they don't come back is like, why would you want to come back? Yeah. The the thought is floor five hundred. They even said at one point like the walls are solid gold. Yeah. They sure. don't know that it's freezing cold up there. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you want the promotion. And when Kathika didn't get it, you can understand her mentality is, who's this girl below me that's yeah. getting the, yeah. the promotion? So. So then we see, uh, let's see, Suki is getting ready to leave. And this is where the scene with the hug comes in. Kathika says, I'm going to miss you. And she says, thank you. You know, I didn't even do anything. And, uh, or she says to the doctor, actually, you know, thank you. He says, I didn't do anything. And she says, but you're my lucky charm. And then he's just like, I'll give anyone a hug. And he just gives her a hug. <laughs> and, uh, you can see Kathika is pissed. And, uh, Adam looks to be a little bit nauseous, kind of in the corner over the head thing. He, he's not, uh, feeling it too good. And, uh, says, I want to go back. I got to go and just kind of relax and chill. So Rose does something that is kind of the dumbest thing I think she could possibly do. What's she up? gives him... The key. Oh, the key to the TARDIS. The key to the TARDIS. Yeah. Wow. She's way too trusting, way too quick. Yep. She just met this guy. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and she already said he's not my boyfriend. So it's like she, he was the boyfriend, then he's not the boyfriend, and now she's willing to give this guy who she doesn't know the key to the TARDIS. I mean, he could leave. What if he left? Oh, my God. What if he left and they were stuck there? That's terrible. I mean, I'm sure the doctor would figure out a way to, to fix it, but... Oh, damn dude and they're living on 
cronk burgers with pajamas <laughs> for the rest of their life. <laughs> they got no choice. Oh, so good. Uh, let's see. So then we see uh, Suki get ready to go. She gets in the elevator. You know, doctor's just not feeling it. You can tell he's pretty pissed. Um, and uh, let's see what happens after that. Uh, we see Suki finally get up. She gets up to 500. To the top. Right? She sees all the snow. Things aren't looking good for Suki. Uh, that's when we see the shot that we saw in the last week's coming up on where you see her kind of pull back the skeleton, which, you know, just, just kind of talking about the production of this episode, do you think that this set is the same set from where they just were, where they had all the globes? Do you think they just kind of like, you know, did that scene with her getting the beam into her head and then just hung some like pieces of plastic uh, and like put some crap on it and then just this you know specific that- room? Cause you see her look in and you see some like old looking hand things there and i'm like they probably just reuse that it's know. possible and i remember in in the uh, at the end when we do the wiki part they tell you the location where they filmed this episode and i don't think they did that for on the wiki of the last episode so hmm. i don't know but it's very possible i'm sure yeah. they reuse but uh we all know production value was not that high for season one so i'm sure no, they reused more rinse and repeat often uh, but then we see her come in and start talking to the editor and, uh, he asks, you know, who are you? Or she asks him, who are you? He says, I'm the editor. And she says, what's happening? And, uh, she, you know, what's going on? And he says, well, uh, let me ask you, can you please confirm your name? And before she can even say anything, they, so they hear, he shows the video of her, uh, saying she was born in 199 apostrophe 89. She's from the independent Republic of, of, uh, Morocco. And uh, it was kind of, I guess, her video to get onto Satellite 5, right? It's probably what it was. And Pretty much, yeah. It was like her interview almost. Yep. And he starts calling her a liar. And then we come to find out that, that she is not that. She's actually Eva St. Julian, the last surviving member of the Freedom 15. Yes. Yeah. I get love it. that it Freedom 15. Some, some uh, fatigues and ready to go. And I love this. What's her name? This actress, Anna Maxwell is her name. Anna Maxwell Martin. She immediately turns and just becomes serious. Yeah. And just whips out one of the most unmenacing guns I've ever seen. This thing is a, there's just <laughs> nothing threatening really about it. Uh, but she points it at him and he's ready to, you know, Simon Pegg puts his hands up, but then just starts laughing. And uh, that's when we get our first shots. Do we, do we get to see the, uh, we still don't get to see. No, Max, we don't we? see. No. It was, it's almost like one of those, like, uh, from the top down, like slowly mm-hmm. attacking her. And she does the ambiguous scream. And the gun does suck because she tries to shoot the thing, and it—I mean, she could pass for a stormtrooper. She could, she yeah, it. she's a stormtrooper. <laughs> and it doesn't even give a pew. It's like so cheesy. It almost reminds me of like a laser tag gun. Those things are like so she, terrible. Yeah. She does like the slow—not slow motion scream, but like those scenes got to be so hard to film because the only thing coming at you is the camera, not an actual <laughs> jagrafest. <laughs> yep. Uh, but then we get that and then we see a shot of uh, our boy Adam going back to a computer and trying to see if he can learn things about what's happening he puts his hand on one of those little portals that we've seen and says tell me everything about the microprocessor and he pretty much learns it all so from the 21st century to present day and uh, he's just amazed by it you know, that happens. And then yeah. I think that's probably where the seed gets planted. Well, actually, does the elevator, it doesn't backfire there yet on him, does it? No. Uh, but, I mean, they cut to 
Rose and the Doctor, but right. It's during the they just you know put a scene in between the two, but yeah, it's it's yeah. the same. This thing. scene with he's Rose basically and... he's basically becoming like Neo. He is, you know yeah, what I mean. I, I thought of that like it's Matrixy, right? It is. It's very Matrixy. Imagine everybody yeah. is like Neo. Everybody can you know eat the pills and, and get everything. It's crazy. Um, right. But I want to the scene with the Doctor and the Rose. I love it. They go back in. They're talking to Kafka and kind of just talking more about like what happened in on Satellite Five. And rather than sit there and talk, the doctor gets all nice and comfy cozy in the seat and just sits there. And then at one point, it's just like pressing the button like on the side, like like a little kid that's just like kind of interested in the conversation, but not really, right. but all just nice and comfortable. I love it. Yeah. He just has no care. He doesn't. Because he doesn't need to. I wouldn't sit in that to. freaking he... chair, man. I wouldn't go anywhere near that chair. <laughs> Even though I know I can snap my fingers and nothing's going to happen to my head, I still want to go anywhere near that chair. No, I wouldn't either. No. Right. Uh, but this is where they start to have the conversation where he starts to question Kafka and say, like, hey, you know, where are the aliens on here? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, there's no aliens. It's just humans. <laughs> and she's like, I never thought of that. Like, he, he starts pointing out the obvious to her. And it's really because she's just been brainwashed mm-hmm. to this is the norm. And then he asks, you know, he mentions something that uh, – humankind is 90 years behind um, where it should be you know society's all wrong and she says what do you mean everything's cutting edge and he's like nope you got a big door in your head that's not cutting edge um, he says you should have checked it out years ago everything is 90 years behind and then they kind of start talking and she said well the great and bountiful human empire um, you know what What? actually he's, he's the one saying that um, he says it's stunted yeah the, the whole yeah and he says it's and been like, set, set, set back about 90 years. When did the satellite start broadcasting? And she says 91 years ago. And then mm-hmm. just, they both kind of pause like, yeah, like something's not right. Right. Ay. It's good. Like you, like she's she's hearing stuff for the first time that she'd never heard in her life. Yep. Think about that. And she's probably, I don't know, what, in late 30s, 40s or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's lived her entire life thinking one thing is true and here comes this whoever this guy is and blows all that up in a matter of 30 seconds. Crazy. It's pretty powerful. Oh yeah. Very yeah. powerful. Yep. Uh, then it comes back to Adam and he's trying to, he calls home again. Trying like to dog, like, dude. I never noticed the dog until you what's just the said dog? I, 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 want... I didn't notice it, but I didn't like, I didn't think like the dog had any significance whatsoever and now I'm thinking like did it? Like, Maybe are, are it we going to find out? Yeah, are we going to find I out? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's a big bad wolf. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, so we get Adam. He he calls home and he's ready to you take advantage of the information he's getting about the microprocessor and uh, kind of starts like spilling or, or talking out loud what he's learning. And that's when everything backfires and sends him down to floor 16. And then, like we had talked about earlier, this is where he's down there. Um, and I love he, he lies and says he's a student that he's from the University of Mars, Mars, which of course is a thing. She's like, oh yeah, yeah. Of course it is a thing. Yeah, yeah of course it is, right? I mean, if you're gonna make up something, University of Mars, she says, oh, the Martian boondocks, typical. <laughs> um, but then she says, you know, you need chipping, and so that's when he kind of goes through the whole thing of doing it, and you know, um, she says how much it's gonna cost. He doesn't think he's gonna be able to pay for it, but then when he gives her the chip that the doctor used in the beginning. It's got unlimited credits. It's an American Express black card. He is good to go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then uh, she goes, and I love she goes and sits him down in the chair, like, before he's even, like, committed to anything. Talking mm. about the doctor not sitting down in a chair, there's no way in hell 
this is the chair I'm not going to sit in. The other chair, I don't have a little flap in my forehead, so everything would be right. fine. This thing, I mean, he's sitting, you know, what looks to be like a lobotomy chair he's getting ready to have done. Oh, with the little halo thing over yeah. his head? Yeah. And she's like very creepy. Right. She's kind of creepy herself. She like is. she She gives him those two options, but she, like, has no intention on doing option number one. No. Like, she's she's going for the full shebang. And she's not going to take anything. Exactly. She's very odd. Basically tell him it's not going to hurt. It takes about 10 minutes. And it's uh, a contractual agreement that it will not hurt. Which I thought was kind of funny. So Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so they go ahead. Before they get ready to do it, the uh, Catholic takes the doctor and Rose to basically, they're ready to go up to floor 500, right? Is that what they're doing here? Rose is taking the sonic screwdriver, ready to go. And uh, he actually he goes in first and sees stuff about all the um, uh, the, the uh, vents. Like when they right? open up, the yeah, they open up on, like right? the panel and they yep. get into like the wiring and stuff like that to find out all the heat has been being funneled out of floor five hundred. And we cut back to Simon Pegg, the editor, and he is looking at you know security footage of the doctor doing this, and we hear the <laughs> hear Max again. Uh, basically saying like, yeah, look into them. And so he's telling every single one of them, double check them, triple check them, quadruple check them because something's not right. Right. But and one of the ones that he's telling now to check all these people is, is Suki. Suki. Yep. So Suki. she has turned, uh, I guess, frozen vampire, I guess I'm we can call them. I'm calling it White Walker from Game of Thrones. White, White Walkers, okay. They're White Walkers, <laughs> that's what they are. <laughs> This is where uh, George R. R. Martin got the idea for the White Walkers was uh, clearly, clearly Doctor Who, see episode seven. Belong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, let's see. Catholic, she's just a nervous wreck. And I mean, if you lived in this in this situation, you know, like if, when you're not doing something right, that you would just be obviously terrified, uh, especially just with what seems to be the kind of patrol that's happening here in Satellite Five. So she's not digging it. Uh, cuts back up to Simon Pegg and he's saying he's no one, you know, what do you mean? Is it a fake ID? And they just, the computer just keeps saying, no, there's no identification, no identification on either one of them. And he says, well, we have every single one of them, um, cataloged and not meaning just them, but everybody on satellite five, everybody in the world needs to be cataloged now. How are they not on file? They don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keep saying, uh, what? He is no one. He is he no, is one. no one. He has no one. Uh, this is where they learn that they are blowing all the heat from the top. And uh, the doctor's not quite sure. And Rose, I love Rose, says, uh, you know, I feel like we're missing the party. Fancy a trip? And uh, is like, nope, uh, we need the keys, though. You can't go up. You need the keys. And the doctor just pulls out the sonic screwdriver. He's like, nope, I got all the codes right here. Because they now have access to the top, thanks to the promotion, I guess, that it seems they're getting from the editor. Right? He, he doesn't seem to use the sonic screwdriver there. I think he says, like, how come it's giving you the code, Kathika says. And uh, he says, someone up there likes me. Right. So they go up. Yes. Uh, and Simon, dude, Simon Pegg, like, every time they show him, he is, he's either the, the snow miser, or is it the snow miser? Yeah. Or he's Jack Frost. Jack Frost. From, is uh, yeah. from uh, Santa Claus 3. Who played him? Who played him? Oh, uh, uh, Martin Short. Martin Short. <laughs> he's more Martin Short, I think. <clears throat> it's kind of it the way could he acts. Be. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, but then we cut to uh, our buddy Adam, who now he says is completely painless. He's looking at his forehead, and I think the best takeaway from this conversation is 
people triggering their forehead. It's either a snap. Some people sing "Oh Danny Boy," which is great, which is hilarious. So, what would be your if you had to have a trigger? I what don't would know. You, what would you do? Oh man, <clears throat> I don't know if it would be a song. I, I couldn't be a song or something like that because no. if I wanted to trigger it right away, I'd have to go find that I think song. The snap, dude. I think the snap is pretty good. You think, yeah, but that's what I thought too. Like she's like the default is the snap, and I'm like I'd probably I literally thought this. I'm like I'd probably just leave it like that. And then you see the end, and yeah, you're like, well, that, that I screwed myself. What about a click so, of the tongue? Okay. So it's not what, a snap of the finger. Not, you don't hear that too often where people are going. Right. And you can't do like a clap of the hands because oh, oh, yeah. you, go to a, go to a you go to a concert or a sporting event. <laughs> <and that> thing's <laughs> <laughs> Bacteria everywhere. Uh, yeah, it'd have to be some, maybe like some like tick sound that you make uh that's what i'm going with for me there you go there you go uh let's see so then uh, they get ready to go up kathika says uh you know don't mention me by name when you get in trouble don't get me involved and uh actually is this where the come with us she says no way and this is where the doctor just says bye he just like gets ready <laughs> to the elevator no i dude i love it we even get that this at the end when he's saying goodbye to adam there is no yeah. like Bye. We'll see you later. She's like, bye. There's no sentimental value in him. Nope. Even the part where they open that panel up and they're looking at the wires. He says something to her. He's like, I've given up on you a long time ago. Like yep. to Kathika. He's like, I've given up on you. It's just like, and he just goes back to work. Yep. There's no I mean, ex dude, explanation for it. It's just. If you live uh, a life like he does, you can't get attached to people. I mean, that's the right. one thing like, and it's not, and I mean, he's kind of in this, this situation, but when you hear about people talk about like, you know, would you want to live forever? Yeah. You might not want to do that because think of how much loss you would have in your life. You know, everybody around you would constantly be dying. You would see your your your, your spouse pass away, your children pass away, their children. Like it would just be this constant flow. And he's probably in that situation. I mean, he's almost immortal. You're constantly going around. Like, does he age? We don't know yet if he does. Right. But like you're just seeing so many people, and they're gone. They're here one minute, they're gone the next. Yeah. And then you you just, you don't wait around for people. You can't when you've seen the things that he's seen and done the no. things he's done. So, Crazy. but uh, we got a great but, scene. But it's but it's hilarious doctor. how he does that though. I just love it. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. But uh, great shot of him and Rose too. They smile at each other as the door is closing and grab hands. I think that's great. So it's just showing right. that you know they're kind of done with Adam, especially us now knowing what Adam is doing. You know, Rose is moving. Is, she, she's back with a doctor. And what Adam's doing right now is uh, vomiting icicles. <laughs> the vomitomatic or something. What does That's, she call it? It's like, oh yeah. And by the way, we in installed a special offer. That was a vomitomatic. Vomitomatic. It's a special offer. <laughs> and he's puking like up puking up slugs like Ron and. Harry Potter. Like. <laughs> yeah. Bleh. Or turds like Cartman. Like or I turds like earlier. Cartman. <laughs> would you, I mean, this is something I, I think would be great. Actually, I think we could use, like if you had an infant, you know, yeah. like some people oh. have having an infant on the way, you got okay. a little, instead of the little throw up, they just, you got a little ice cube. Yeah, but. <laughs> they probably I choke think, on it. And they probably would. <laughs> You'd be killing your kid. <laughs> it's less mess for the parents, but you have a dead kid on your hand. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> You're going to be going back in time for that one. Uh, but then we get the Rose and the doctor. They finally arrive up top. And uh, you can tell the doctor's looking around like, yeah, something's definitely not right here. Um, mm. And then they walk in and they see Simon Pegg. And uh, he says, I started without you. You know, this is fascinating. 
And uh, he says, you know, it has the Satellite 5 has every piece of information uh, within the fourth great and bountiful human thing, but no birth certificates or anything of the two of you. Like, you know, how can you walk through this world and not leave a footprint? Um, Rosie, Sookie, and she's trying to get her to go. And um, this is when, uh, is this when, uh, who grabs him? One of the zombie people gets up and gets him, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's not her, right? Like she. Sookie gets Rose. Sookie actually gets Rose. Sookie does get Rose, right? Yeah. But the doctor, I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, some I think just one people. of the random, random yeah. White Walkers. Uh, but then that's when they're kind of hearing all the, uh, you know, growling of uh, the man whose name we're gonna say now. Humanity's guiding light, the mighty Jagrophus of the Holy Hadrojassic Maxodrenifo. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> or Max, as uh, the owner likes to call which is right. great. Um, but yeah, he's the one that's basically been broadcasting out. We get our first shot, which of course, full CG, spared no expense here on Doctor Who, as always. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure, does this thing have eyes? I'm trying to pause it right now. It, it's No, I just I see teeth. Yeah. Teeth and breathe holes, maybe. Breath holes. I don't know. Uh, then we get a shot of Kafka going back, and uh, what is she doing? How does she get end up back where they are? How does she get in to the elevator? Yeah, uh, she just decides herself that she's going to go back up. I guess so. I don't. I don't really think. Uh, oh, she knows the code. See. I think she has the doctor's code, so she hits. Does she have it? Okay. It is, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but like I said earlier in the show, I think this this next bit this is the biggest part. Or biggest, I guess, uh, impact I think that this has into the current day. And I want to, I want to read this as Simon Pegg's character, the editor, says this, and he says basically, you know, they've been broadcasting for years. If you create a climate of fear, and it's easy to keep the borders closed, which is kind of interesting. So creating a climate of fear can help you keep the borders closed. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. this is, it's just a matter of emphasis. Uh, the right word and the right broadcast repeated it often enough can destabilize an economy, invent an enemy, change a vote. So, and, uh, so Rose says, yeah, like all the people on earth are slaves. And he says, well, now there's an interesting point. Uh, is a slave a slave if he doesn't know he's enslaved? And, uh, he says, uh, you know, or he says he was hoping for a philosophical debate and, uh, he says that all I'm going to get. And, uh, doctor says, yep. He doesn't even bother like arguing with him. He says, yep. But I just think that's interesting. Like when he says, like, if you can just keep saying things, you can basically destabilize an economy. Yeah. And, you know, you look at just many things happening right now. That's kind of what's going on with some things. Which I just and what's going on right now has is, is two years worth of that. And, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. people are buying into it. So when you got 90 years to kind of yeah. brainwash people. I mean, look how far this has come. Exactly. Uh, but this is when we see the doctor realizes that Kathika is up there and then just doing his, his normal thing. He starts saying like, oh, yeah, that, you know, everything, all the uh, what's he say? Like all the vents and all that. It's keeping it cold up here. Like if we pumped all the air back up here, <laughs> that would be bad. Like he's kind of wink, wink. He's talking to things. Yep. Um, but I like to, you know, you, we find out here that the editor is actually just representing a bunch of banks that he's not even like really there for, <laughs> right? I mean, he's not even there for, for Max. He's there for just himself to get a bunch of money. I think so. Yeah. Isn't that he what they it. said? I mean, he says that he goes, I'm here for a consortment of banks. All right. Um, I don't know. So that's even that far in the future, everything still revolves around money. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, then it cuts back to our buddy Adam doing literally the dumbest thing of all time. <laughs> he, he gets in the chair, opens his port, uh, starts broadcasting, and there's another shot of the dog barking as he's broadcasting what's beaming to his forehead to right. the cell phone or to the uh, answering machine through his cell phone. Um, and the dog is just, you know, pissed at the house as all this is coming through. But he's basically saying, I'm going to send all this there and then uh, we can use this at some point and somewhat try and decipher this. And he's going to use it for either financial gain, personal gain, whatever it is. And that's, if you think about it, it's totally going to screw up everything. If you have 200,000 years worth of information, 200,000 years prior to where it should be, right? that's totally going to change that's- time. Right. That's not good. Yeah. And it's almost like uh, that's why the, the doctor did not want Marty McFly to go back in time <laughs> yeah. what? with the uh, with the uh, sport betting yep. catalog. Well, we know where that goes. Biff There's, totally yeah, exactly. screwed that one up. Yeah. Freaking Biff. <laughs> Reckon Biff. <laughs> um, and then uh, the doctor, he says he's a doctor. He tells actually tells him that. But then, unfortunately, because our good buddy Adam has been transmitting all his information, the editor now knows everything. Knows he's a Time Lord. Knows he's the last of the Time Lords. Knows that Rose has been traveling with him. And uh, then they sh- he shows them an image of Adam uh, beaming everything up. And, uh, you know, Rose, you could tell, is just like, what the hell? And, and the doctor's <laughs> like, what the hell has he done? What the hell has he done? He says it multiple times. And, um, which by the way, like the the stuff that's holding them like apart, like the, the restraints they put them in, I don't know. It's almost like they like tore apart, like a ghostbuster proton pack and like, just like (laughs) used all the guts of it just to tie them up. It was just like aluminum tubes and just, (laughs) do you know what you can do with (laughs) aluminum tubes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh the sickness has come back oh yeah the goo we're, we're, we're gonna get through this episode man we're, we're trying here guys we're both sick here oh, God. i can already tell we're winding down here at the end of this one <laughs> uh bless you so what happens then? so we get catholic she gets in the chair she now starts beaming her own information like a spike to kind of counteract everything <clears throat> and start sending the heat back upstairs and uh, there you go. That's when we start mm-hmm. to get the scene of uh, just everything is melting, ice cubes melting, havoc happening in Satellite 5. Uh, we get our good buddy Max starting to overheat. He starts screaming. Adam goes running like, oh, my God, where is he going to go? Um, and the doctor how, the doctor and Rose are able to get out. Um, they use a sonic screwdriver. I can see. They, they, or she uses a sonic screwdriver to get him out. Yeah. Uh, Max can't go anywhere because he's just ginormous. The uh, Maxographs or whatever it's called. And so the editor starts to run too because he's like, you know what? I resign. I am i don't need to be with you. You know, I'm there for the money. But our good friend Sookie grabs him by the ankle. It mm. does not let him go anywhere. And uh, then finally we get a big shot of Max just exploding. Uh, and uh, that's about it. Right? For, for Max, he's dead. Seven Max five is gone. Now, kind of getting right. back to normal. Um, the Doctor and Rose get back to the floor and see Adam. Adam is <laughs> ready to give him the key, kind of saying it all worked out for the best, didn't it? No. Doctor is pissed, throws him into the TARDIS, and uh, tries to blame it on the doctor, actually, which is kind of hilarious. Um, they get in the TARDIS. They go back to his house, and, yeah, this is where we get a great scene of uh, the doctor knowing that Adam sent all the information from Satellite 5 onto the answering machine, 
he basically blows it up with the sonic screwdriver, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. Right. Um, and then, uh, what's he say? He says, uh, oh yeah, that's right. He blows it up, but then he just says, see ya. See ya. <laughs> He's like, you can't just go. I got a, a chip type two in my head. And he goes, what, like this? And he starts to snap at his fingers and, and doing it. And then, uh, was Rose telling him to stop? Yeah, he says, stop it. And then Rose just does it herself just to, <laughs> just to toy with him. Uh, at the end. Stop it. And she does it. Yep. Uh, that's great. She's like, I couldn't resist. <laughs> and uh the but then the mother what's well, that before that then the doctor says like you know he's like what am i gonna do with this in my head and he's like well you just need to deal with it he's like if you ever let anybody know that they're gonna dissect you in seconds so mm. you basically have to live a life a very quiet life and keep out of trouble and uh, he says be average unseen good luck and he just gets right in the tardis <laughs> i love her oh yeah i wish i could be like that with people. oh no this is a line dude uh here's the here's the line right here let me read this one it says be average unseen good luck he says, but I want to come with you. And he says, I only take the best. I've got Rose. Oof. Boom. Rose with a big Drop. smile on her face. Like, oh, yeah. Drop the mic. And you have to give Rose credit because she, you know, as, you know, slutty as she is, she, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she, then during this entire time, she's been loyal to the doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when Adam went back to the TARDIS when he wanted to get some rest. She could have got some rest with him, mm-hmm. but no, she, she, and he even said it, Adam even saw it in her. He's like, you know, go with the doctor. That's where you want to be anyway, yep. is, is what he said. Um, and there's been so many times in the past, even the, the last episode with the Dalek when, um, they were, they first met, you know, she's still trying to get back to him. So it's cool to see that. It's cool to see that. Like, I think I don't really feel like there's a, a love interest involved there anymore. Between yeah. the two of them, it's just a camaraderie yep. and a companionship, and um, I think she's just she's indebted to him and she trusts him. Yeah, well, she and, knows. I mean, she he he needs to be there with her because he's the one that, in any situation, especially up to this point, he can always get her out. Exactly. You know, and he exactly. he could really always get her back home. So it's like exactly. if she's never not loyal to him, she's screwed. Basically, you know. Yeah, he he'll just drop her off home and. Like, okay, you had your chance to to come on this adventure with me and you'd rather slut it up, but <laughs> <laughs> and she hasn't done that. Yeah. She hasn't done that. So here's a question yeah. that I was thinking about. I wrote this down as we were uh, uh, as I was watching this. Is Adam the ultimate Mickey because of what he did in this situation? Like Mickey we laugh it's at cool. as he is just a goofball and oh Mickey, you're gonna screw it up again. Right. Is 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 Adam now like to, uh, just, to, is he a Mickey? But like he Mickey? the ultimate Mickey, like he, I think he it's, Mickeyed this up bad, <laughs> real bad. I think that's something we have to pay attention to going forward. All the men that come into Rose's life, yeah, uh, do they just pull a Mickey? Yeah, <laughs> and just yeah. do the dumbest thing possible. Although Mickey redeemed himself in the last time he was around, you know. He did. So, um, he, so Adam's yeah, the new Mickey in my eyes, man. I, I right now he's taking the mantle of yep. the number one Mickey. <laughs> he's Mickey. You're <laughs> not fine anymore. Hey, Mickey, you're not fine. Uh, let's see. And then we see hey, this is where we get the funny scene of Adam's mom saying, "Like, oh, it's so great to see you." Time goes by like this, boom, and then you know it snaps, and then that's where the episode ends. Yeah, so, but it's um, funny because you don't see it open; you just see the look on the mother's yeah, face. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. What is going on here? <clears throat> so then uh, we're going to flash forward. And this dude, this one is going to be crazy. I can't wait to watch this one. So I forgot what this is. I the doctor basically this. says, 
Um, <clears throat> your wish is, will be granted. Where do you want to go? She says, I want to go to the day my dad died. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. Before we even get to that and before even the mother comes, I think we get the, like, tongue bite of all tongue bites. Oh, we do. By Rose. Just wanted to throw that out there in case people think I'm uh, being a little over dramatic with her. Billy Piper. Slutting it out. Where's Billy Piper? Where is she in now? Where's <laughs> Billy Piper? <clears throat> Where is she now? Where is she now? What is she I doing? I don't know. I told you she was in uh, Penny Dreadful, but that's <clears throat> over and done with. <clears throat> so, uh, Sorry, I'm hacking my brains out over here. Yeah, no, that's um, cool. But all right, so then, uh, yeah, so the, for, for next week, we see Rose wanting to go to the day her dad died. She thinks that it was more of a gloomy day. That she sees it happen. We see her and the doctor hold hands. Um, she says, you know, he can't die alone. But then she says, can I try again? And mm. we see a shot of her and the doctor watching her and the doctor see the dad die. And Rose goes out and saves him and doesn't let him die. And then it just flashes to a dragon climbing on a church. What was that? <laughs> That's why I love these things, man. Like, what? I don't know. I thought this was like I thought this was gonna be the first episode where they keep replaying it. And what's that movie where they keep doing? Oh, I'm Groundhog trying to think Day. of them. Uh, that's not what I'm thinking of, but yeah, maybe something like that. And like, uh, where where you use time travel to to manipulate a specific point in time that you want the to butterfly change. Effect? No, I mean, the butterfly effect is what happens, right? It's like if you step on the butterfly. It might even be a video game. I'm thinking of something. Oh, remember that um, uh, that second Alan Wake game that came out? If you remember, did you you even play that? that. Yeah, yeah. And you you redid stuff, yeah. So something like that. Or Braid. Braid was a game, like a little time traveling game. Yeah, Um, but I I, and then I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like they're gonna, you know, all right, we've done the past, we've done. Some present than the future, and now we're going to try and change history by repeating it multiple times until we get thing. it right. They're not going to. Rose is going to, and the doctor. Or Rose he just is says, going like, to. wait a minute. He's like, Rose, there's a man alive in the world who wasn't alive before. Right. Uh, he says the world's different because he's alive. Right. And then we see shots of these crazy dragon things, and he says, time's been changed, and they've come to sterilize the wound. Mm. So they're like, these things um, come in when time gets changed like that. So like, what's that? Uh, the no, that, that the adjustment bureau. Yes. Remember that movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. There, that's yes, that's probably what they're like. Yeah, they come in and make things right again, pretty yep. much. <clears throat> so, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh man. my god, dude! And the what's name that of the episode, episode right? the name of the episode is Father's Day. Mm. Too so. Uh, okay. Yep, there you go. So episode eight next week. Uh, we got some uh, bits here, as always, some things about the episode. So, uh, Chris, what do you got for this uh, episode? All right. So, the long game was watched by 8.01 million Ooh. viewers. So, we are still over the 8 million uh, threshold. That's a lot of people. Um, yeah, dude. That's a lot. And what compared to what? Like, I don't look up stuff like that anymore. Like, what's the, what's the number one show, like, over here? Like know. today. I mean, if we should look up Does just for like comparison. The Big Bang Theory or something. Yeah. I mean, it's probably uh, more just because the U.S. has more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I got to get down to the bottom here. Production. <clears throat> so initially, they had set out to write this episode from Adam's perspective, watching the adventure unfolding from his point of view. 
um, exactly as Rose did in the very first episode, Rose, and seeing both the Doctor and Rose as enigmatic, frightening, uh, uh, frightening characters. So that could have been different. Yeah, seeing it from from his the entirety from his side, but they kind of went against that. Um, well, see. they the one thing too I think that to note of that is they wanted to do it from his perspective because at one point they said that the reason he was brought this was an early. Th- uh, bit of the script which by the way too this script was originally pitched in the 1980s by the yeah. guy who wrote this and it was re- like the old doctor who show and they denied it so it was rejected so that he brought this back up brought it back for this That's crazy and in that original script they had adam's dad suffering from a disease that was incurable at the time like right. his present time and he hoped to learn about the cure during the year 200,000 so that right. was really why he was going to be broadcasting it back. But I think it's better they did it this way. Like if they did that, you'd almost, I mean, you could sympathize with Adam why he is doing that. But I think it's mm-hmm. kind of just just more because it's a way, if they did that, I don't think they could easily pass him off, <clears throat> like get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like get rid of him to no longer travel with him because you could kind of understand why, he's, why he was doing it. Right. But in this case, it's just like, man, you're just an idiot. You're a Mickey. You're Mickey, man. As you say, yeah, you know, you so I think that's Mickey, probably why yeah. it was cut. Because it yeah. was like, then there would be no issues and people wouldn't be like, wait a minute, you're leaving. He was doing the right thing, trying to save his dad. Like, and you just completely get rid of that, like, ethical decision. And it just right. becomes, he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so they revealed that the the frozen vomit uh, that Adam spits out is, in fact, a kiwi and orange ice cube. Nice. Ruining kiwi and orange ice cubes for the rest of time. <laughs> What's floating uh, in it? There's something black in that cube. Did you see that? When I saw it, it almost looked uh, like, did you ever see like the tequila worm lollipops? Like it almost looked like that. Like we're just like a nasty thing. But what's so disgusting about it is like she puts it in like a, a, a metal pan and it like slides and leaves like a residue. Yeah. And you're like, dude, come on. Like, uh, dude. <laughs> Gross. Uh, Simon Pegg. Let's get to the Simon Pegg because he's, he's he was the star of this episode mm-hmm. uh grown up with the doctor who and consider it a great honor um which they spell h-o-n-o-u-r yep. to guest star uh he was pleased at being cast as a bad guy uh peg had previously played don cheney in the eighth doctor audio play invaders from mars no idea what that is but maybe at some time we'll go back and revisit that um when the editor announces a jagrafest's name to the doctor and rose he pronounces it as quote the mighty jagrafest of the holy Take it. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. The mighty Jagrafest of the holy Hadradrassic Maxaradenifo. I mean, that's and, like that's like a whole tweet right there. Like his name is a tweet. Like that you go yeah. over your you go over your character <laughs> limit just by putting his name out. Two tweets <clears throat> for the Jagrafest's name. Peg stated that during interviews that he found this extremely difficult line to say. I don't know why. Uh, voice artist Nicholas Briggs had recorded voice work for the Jaggerfest, but his contributions were not used because it sounded too similar to the Nestine consciousness, which was, as we know, back in uh, episode one. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, production. Let's see. Yeah, this is where they say where it took place, where the filming took place, which was in Cardiff. And I still don't know about Cardiff because they were making fun of it, it seemed, in the uh, Charles Dickens episode. Yeah. Hmm. I just thought it was interesting that they filmed in Cardiff. Yeah. So, 
Well, there you go. Um, was made entirely of CGI, as if you could no, tell that. Really? Um, it was given a shark-like <laughs> design uh, with the intention that it would snap out like a shark, which it kind of did when it, it was blowing like up a, a little bit. No um, the initial design was also described like. as a, quote, lump of meat on the ceiling. <laughs> so meat wad on the it's ceiling. Meat is wad, yeah, meat wad on the ceiling. Meat wad with sharp teeth. Uh, Um, and then kind of just some reception which I like kind of reading about so let's see 38.9% share 8.1 million that's what we said where are we SFX described it as a quote okay episode that it was reminiscent of earlier episodes the end of the world despite praising Peg the theme of media control and the Jagger Fest they criticized for it failing to capture the imagination because there was, quote, no real palpable sense of threat and that human culture looked identical to modern day. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. back then, yes, today, yeah, I think you would Not so much, right. Um, I mean, overall, I kind of got... Yeah, pretty good reviews. More or less good reviews. Like, you don't get any... any so far, there's not been one that's, like, review-wise when I'm reading these that are, like... This is the greatest Doctor Who episode ever. I think there was one guy that said that about a certain the, the camera whatever. The Dalek episode got a good one, didn't it? It did, but no, nothing that's like this is like revolutionizing Doctor Who. Right. From what I'm reading, everybody's liking it. it seems like at this point in time, uh, <clears throat> he's really railing on it too much, but uh, it's kind of it, you know it's just a mid-season episode. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So right. what, what are we halfway done? With season one, let's see. Yeah, yeah. so we got uh, it goes up to thirteen. So we finished seven. Yep. So, oh, okay. So all right. Well, join us for next episode, guys. Father's yeah. Day, uh, episode eight. So uh, this should be a good one. I, hey, it, here, here we go. I'm, I'm going to read the description. Rose was just a baby in 1987 when her father, Pete Tyler, was killed by a car. So the Time Lord takes her back to the year in question, to the spot where the accident happened. Of course. Rose cannot stand idly by just and just watch her dad die alone, so she pushes him out of the way of the oncoming car. But in doing so, she upsets the balance of time and changes history. Suddenly, the Earth is under threat from the Reapers, mm. terrifying pterodactyl-like demons that swoop out of the sky to rectify time anomalies. So next time on the Tardy Tardis. <laughs> but like, do they just do that no matter what, or is Rose's father so important to some sort of history? Where these things, you know, these more dragons. We'll dissect that next week. Dragons. We have more uh, Game of Thrones. Dragons. Oh, yep. (coughs) Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones would not exist. Nope. Without Doctor Who. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there, everybody. Thank you here, as always, again, for tuning in to the show. Like I said, don't forget, you can email us, the Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on the Instagram and on the Twitter. You can find our links in the show notes of the podcast. And if you listen on iTunes, leave us a review. Thank you to uh, those reviews we read here at the top of the show. If you want your review read here on the show, leave it over in iTunes. And uh, if you don't use iTunes, you use another podcast service, please leave us a review there too, if you can. And uh, all this just helps spread the word. We're getting, uh, we're starting to get uh, numbers coming up, man. They're, they're, they're coming in. And, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of people are having fun here who uh, either have watched the show and kind of going back and re-listening and seeing it through our eyes. Or even people who've never watched the show that are now suddenly watching the show. It seems like it's... Uh, 
this is a diamond in the rough. I think Doctor You're Who. Welcome. A lot of people don't want to. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't want to give it a shot. But I, we, right. obviously, we're recommending it to everybody we know now. And uh, if you can, please help spread the word about our show. So, mm-hmm. anything you want to throw out here at the end, Chris? No, I'm uh, still enjoying the ride. So. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you here as always for making us a part of your week. However, you're tuning in. And with that, until next time. Safe time, travelers.